Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. And I'm sitting here with Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. And Thomas P. Dorian. Yes, sir. I'm here. So we we are um, uh, living a dream. Is that one of your statements you always kind of say? Want to say, how you doing, Tom? I'm living the dream. Living the dream. And then you always say, you are the dream. I don't remember that second part. You don't? That's what you hear. Is that what's going on in my head? It might be what's going on in your head. Or... Maybe an angel's whispering in my yeah. This ear? is a good. This is a good. Hey. Nice little segue into uh, into a nice topic about. Uh, I mean, essentially, kind of helping us uh, understand when God's talking to us. Exactly. So I love the, the reading uh, for this fourth Sunday of Advent in this uh, year A as we're going through Matthew, and uh, it's just essentially about Joseph's dream. Mm-hmm. Right, and when you do a little research, what you find out is within a couple of chapters of Matthew, Joseph actually has four dreams. He's got a bunch, yeah. There's like he's a dreamer. Mm. There's something to that, yeah. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that and kind of figure things out. But let's look at a part of that reading. We don't have to read the whole thing, but basically just understanding that you know Joseph being a righteous man mm-hmm. and finding Mary with child, and uh, and I'm just. You know, without it's not his child, right? Right. So, seeing that, he's going to divorce her quietly, mm-hmm. um, and then um, it it picks up from here in uh, the first chapter of Matthew, around uh, let's see, verse twenty one or twenty. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, "Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary." As your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty good dream. Mm. (laughs) You know? I've not had one a dream like that. No. That's way better than the one where there was this kitten that was, like, tasing me. (laughs) I didn't know why. So, there's a... There's a subtle difference between dreams and nightmares. That's wrong. That's wrong. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, I, I, I've always longed for those kinds of dreams. But it's just interesting that this would take place in a dream. Mm-hmm. So the angel of the Lord doesn't come to you know Joseph while he's you know building the chair. Right. And, uh, or like, having lunch. Uh, yeah, you know, it's like, hey, by the way, Joe, this yeah. is what needs to happen. Right. I, I don't know how he would have processed that, but the point is it just says, you know, an, a, the, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Part of me wonders, and I've never really thought of this before, but Joseph the worker, Joseph the carpenter, what is he doing when he's dreaming? He's sleeping. He's resting from his labors. Yeah. And so part of me wonders whether or not... He's sleeping all the time. Yeah. Or not, but that God is, is coming to him when he's resting from when the worker him the worker par excellence, Joseph, right. is in a state of rest from his labors. No, exactly. I, I, I think... Um, and I guess I wasn't really joking. He sleeps a lot <laughs> because the guys. He, he, I mean, he's he's he works with his hands and he's caring for you know his family, but not the family here at this point yet. But uh, I just think it's interesting that God would come to him in a dream. Now that's that's called that's called the first dream. And, of course, and there's there's four uh, dreams that happen relatively quickly together. 
in Matthew chapter 2, um, basically Joseph is warned uh, to leave Bethlehem, to flee to Egypt. It says, um, when they had gone, the, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That's a, now it's a scary dream. Now that's, that's a dream. I've had those kind of dreams. Mm-hmm. Scary somebody, dreams. Somebody's going to kill you? Yeah. I, yeah. But no, about that, but just scary things. Right. You know, it's like, like the kitten with the taser. Yes. Uh, yep. Yep. Terrible, terrible, terrible. I knew I wasn't alone. No. <laughs> um, and, th- and then the third dream is Matthew chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. What to, in other words, time to come back. Time to come home. So it's, you're safe to leave Egypt. So it's after Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. It's, mm. you know, Ali Ali income free. I mean, you're, you're, you can go back now, <laughs> right? So yes. and now, and tied to that is the fourth dream, which is just the next verse, Matthew chapter 2, 22, um, where. But when he heard that Archelaus uh, was reigning in Judea in place of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets, that he would be called a Nazarene. So, you know, that's a fulfilling thing. So if you look at those things, all four of those dreams... And this is the way that God communicated to Joseph. And, and I just, I can't, I mean, I just wonder why one wasn't a postcard, one wasn't an email. I mean, why four dreams? And we don't, I mean, there are other times that the, an angel of the Lord comes to someone in a dream. But so many other times an angel of the Lord shows up. For real. Right. You know, uh, Gabriel comes to Mary. Right. And she's like, okay, I see you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. not like. Am I dreaming? You know, pinch me. Right. You know, and, and but in Joseph's case, he comes to him in this dream, and it just makes me wonder, like, what you guys' opinions are uh, on on dreams, the interpretation of dreams. How do you know if it's God? So one thing that I'm reminded of is actually St. John on the Cross, and in his works, like Ascent of Mount Carmel, for example, or, or Dark Night of the Soul, he talks about how we have to go through a night of the senses mm-hmm. uh, and then a night of the soul where we have to shut that. Basically, an easy way to think of it is we are, we are taking in data all the time through our senses yeah. and are processing it all the time. And sometimes it can throw off our ability to take, on, to take in God. You know, God does come to us through our senses. This is why we're able to see the liturgy use beauty in the way it does. And, right. and, and God reveals himself through creation and all sorts of other ways. But there's a lot of noise in our day-to-day life. And so mm-hmm. to pick up that God signal amidst the noise, you have to mortify the senses, according to St. John of the Cross. And then eventually there's also noise within our soul that has to also be mortified. And even noise within our will that has to be mortified. And I'm wondering if maybe... This is what we're kind of seeing through Joseph, that he's going through a night of the senses and a night of the soul where everything that could interrupt what or, 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 or confuse the signal is shut out, and he's able to really receive God through this angel. I, I have to agree. In, in some respects, I look at that and I think, you know, when, when you're most, um, 
I want to say relaxed, because obviously when you're asleep, you're your most relaxed. But the reality is um, how sometimes we find difficulty in going to sleep. Right? Can, can, I know there are times where if I'm worried about all the day-to-day stuff and what's going to happen tomorrow, what might not happen tomorrow, or you know, et cetera, et cetera, it's hard to sleep. And so the, 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 giving yourself over to sleep is the best. It's what your body wants and your body needs. So in nature, that rest, right? Well, that's your most receptive time, I think, to God is when you, when you let down all your defenses, when you take down all the walls and all the obstacles, when you, as you said, get rid of the noise, Sam, when you just when you unclutter. And, and I think that's a lesson for all of us. And I, I don't know that you can look at what you dream about and th- say, that was God telling me. So have you had something. experiences like this? Like, no. like when Ju- Have you, Sam? Uh, yeah, I've had some God dreams in my life. Have you? Yeah, I have. Okay. Yeah. Uh, God does have, had nothing to do with tasers and kittens. No, no, no it wasn't that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, but, but I will tell you, I mean, I've had experiences that I felt God so incredibly present. And in those experiences, like one of them particularly about my vocation uh, to the diaconate is mm-hmm. was essentially in, in a state of profound, well, I don't want to say ecstasy, but but maybe it was ecstasy. But, but it was essentially in a, in, in a, in a total immersion uh, in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. Mm. And just to be there with my eyes closed and just totally giving myself over um, to where I wasn't like trying to do uh, a rosary. I wasn't trying to do anything. I was really just... You're just there. You're just being. I was settled. Yeah, and and, and so you, you might call it a dream, and you might, I might have thought because when I heard um, when I heard something profound and felt something profound, I mean, I, I did open my eyes to look around, like who 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 said that, or or who was who is the one that would have just tapped me on the shoulder, mm-hmm. right? And, and the reality is, I think a, a lot of that is just giving yourself over in a way that is it resembles sleep or it resembles. A total giving oneself senses just opening, mm-hmm. right? Um, I I I, I'm, I also say that I'm a little skeptical sometimes when I hear uh, people tell me that, like, well, you know, I I, I felt this in a dream. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm less enthused about what they're going to say next, mm-hmm. you know. And, and but at the same time, you know, scripturally, it's it's really a, maybe a Joseph's most vulnerable time. Mm-hmm. So one thing that comes to mind here is the stakes and how high they are for the decisions that are being made as a result of these dreams, right? A lot of talk about the, yeah the potential of no savior having the savior right. wiped off the face no, of the earth. Life and death. No what's doubt. what's important about that, Sam? Well, but just for Joseph on that human level, a lot of times we'll think in terms of that first dream, just in terms of the the man who suspects maybe this my the woman I'm betrothed to has has been with another man what a terrible feeling that is Mm -hmm. and him dealing with that feeling no it's bigger than that like within the society and even if he doesn't believe that and he knows that not to be true because it's good and righteous man he knows this this girl he knows what other people will say oh yeah Mm -hmm. and that they would stone her Right. right and then in addition to that what he's doing, his choice to not divorce her quietly and her cho- his choice to actually like take her into his home in that state, what he's doing is he's admitting that he's the one. He's ostensibly publicly admitted without making a, a, a sp- an explicit statement that he's the father of the child, which uh, means that then what would be inflicted upon her through the stoning gets inflicted upon his reputation. So mm-hmm. if we wonder why a, a son of David, a man in the Davidic line... 
um, they're struggling to find room at the inn. Right. It makes perfect sense because of the decision that he made to go ahead and take upon that shame and share upon it. He did that as a result of the dream. In the same way, he pulled up stakes from where he... He's there relying upon the work of his hands and the relationships that he has to to provide for Mary and the child, right? He pulls up stakes and leaves. So he's making high-stake decisions as a result of these dreams as well, which I think is... uh, and, And ones that require extraordinary courage and love, too. Oh, amen. And I, 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 I mean, I can only imagine what would happen if, you know, if I came home and said, to, you know, best that we're going to we're going to pick up and we're going to move. And we're going to Egypt. Why? Well, I had a dream. You know, it's it's we it's far fetched in the modern era. But again, I think we're talking about a man yeah, here. It was probably far fetched back then, too. Yeah. But we're talking about a man here who uh, we're talking about Joseph. And that's different than like me. Yeah, but those, right. they still had to be an, an epic. They had, they had to be epic dreams. I don't know. Yeah, dude. Yeah, no, man. no, no. I, I'm not denying the dreams. I'm just right. saying, like Mary's reaction to the dream, my wife's reaction to me saying I had a dream, and oh, so I we're going to move. Yeah, I get it. That's what I'm talking about, I and I, I can't imagine it going real well. Right. <laughs> right. But but yeah. I will. But I will. But back then, I guess you know, knowing who Joseph is. Mm-hmm. Right, a good and righteous man, and knowing that there there is some uh, there's some work of divinity going on in him. He's not divine, certainly, totally. but but there's the the God is is profoundly working in his life, and he's uh, as as a righteous man, he he is accepted God's guidance and God's presence in his life, and certainly Mary. Uh, you know, having talked to the angel Gabriel and uh, got the straight scoop on what's happening, and and having been prepared. Uh, through the Immaculate Conception to to be who she is, to carry out what she's going to carry out. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a unique household. Um, <laughs> and, and I just, what, what I love about this is I think it's a model for all of us, mm-hmm. right? It's a model for the, the men to be righteous, the men to, to accept God working in their life. And I think that's powerful uh, when in today's world, it just seems like it's the opposite of what's actually going on, mm-hmm. right? Uh, in the same way for our, our young ladies to, to say yes, to give themselves over to God, to, to follow God's promptings, uh, and essentially try and, and, and live in a way uh, that is, uh, that's, that's beautiful, uh, that is pure and chaste and holy, uh, and giving yourselves over totally to God. And just to see that in that context uh, of the two of them together in that thing, it's like there's something perfect about that little holy family, which is what I want to talk about next. Um, so, well, before we go into that, we've got to take a break, uh, as we always have to take a break. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to tell you um, that you, we have a great website. Before we go to the break, we're going to tell you we have a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I would love to hear from you, Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Uh, like us on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Like and share our posts and comment on them. It makes a difference. All right. And so, uh, take a little nap, and then I'm going to come to you in a dream here in a minute and tell you to return right after this. I'm Bess Drzezemski, and this is another great moment in church history. When you think of saints, you often think of saintly qualities like patience, love, humility, and generosity. Not so with St. Jerome, a priest and doctor of the church born in the mid-4th century. 
On more than a few occasions, St. Jerome stood outside the church doors doing penance for his bad temper. While this was true, more than anything, he was a staunch defender of the truth and an ardent lover of the Word of God. He felt that anyone who taught error was an enemy of God to be defeated with the swift and sure strokes of his powerful pen. St. Jerome was a scholar of great wisdom and understanding. He was a master of Latin, Greek, and Hebrew, and he spent many years in study in the celebrated centers of scholarship like Rome and Alexandria. He was a great student of sacred learning because he realized its vital role in obtaining the beatific vision. He once said, Let us learn upon earth those things which can call us to heaven. Sometimes feared for his veracity, but always known to be a genuine man of God, St. Jerome was respected by his peers. St. Augustine said of him, What Jerome does not know, no mortal man has ever known. He was very prolific in his writings. Above all, his scriptural writings have been without equal in the history of the Church. St. Jerome is most remembered for his translation of the Bible into the common or vulgar language of the people, making it more accessible to the common people. Called the Vulgate, his vigilant and meticulous translation was very popular and became the standard version of the Bible for over a thousand years. Many who question the authority of the Church like to point to the fact that St. Jerome openly opposed the inclusion of the seven deuterocanonical books in the official canon of the Bible. While this is true, as he rarely held his opinions to himself, few people realize that ultimately St. Jerome recognized, upheld, and defended the authority of Holy Mother Church in defining the canon, and placed the books in their rightful place in the Bible. In 402 AD, St. Jerome wrote regarding this issue, What sin have I committed if I follow the judgment of the churches? At the end of his life, St. Jerome finally settled in Bethlehem, where he lived in a cave believed to be the birthplace of Jesus. He died there in 420 AD. His feast day is September 30th. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Everybody wake up. Oh. Wake oh, up. Man. Wake up. <laughs> oh, it's the kitten. Oh, yes. no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, tasing kittens aside, uh, we are still here. Well, we've got the Catholic Cafe. So, if you tuned away and like, you're like, where am I? What is going on? And if you dozed off, hopefully you weren't driving while you dozed off. Um, but... <laughs> We uh, we're talking about Joseph's dreams, mm-hmm. plural, mm-hmm. not just Joseph's dream. Uh, and uh, I, I, the whole Joseph's dream thing. This is what's neat to me about this thing. What I, I see a similarity in these all these dreams, uh, and and that is all of these things refer uh, or have to do with Joseph and that family. So all these are dreams about family and and preserving the family. Right, and so I mean, this first one, Joseph's getting ready to leave Mary, right, so that she won't be stoned and uh, not have to deal with all of the, all that stuff, right? Um, but God says, "Don't be afraid. Take her as your wife." Right, that's the Holy Spirit uh, by which she's conceived, and that, and this is going to be the Savior of the world. He's like, "Oh, all right, I get it. 
you know. So uh, he didn't say that, but but the point is, God wants, and this is this is one of the things that's always neat. I've talked about this before, but I just I'm the the insight in this is just amazing to me because the thing is, arguably Joseph's not part of the equation, right? Mm. Joseph's not necessary biologically to the to the equation at all. And so, right. why is Joseph being asked, told, commanded by God to take, go back and take Mary, your wife? It's to preserve this family, right? Because Jesus is going to be raised by a mother and a father, mm-hmm. right? And also, so all of us need to see the importance of the mother and the father. And you think about modern culture and what's happening to the, to marriages and to the family. And and again, I'm not judging anybody's personal circumstances. I'm just I'm just saying that I think God ordains and God has always desired that there be a holy family that's a model for us, right? And then these second, these other, the second and third dreams essentially are about protection of that family. You know, Joseph's role is to protect the family. So God comes to uh, to well, the angel of the Lord comes to Joseph in the dream, says, "Get them out of there." Your job is to protect them. You're the man. Take them out. Mm-hmm. To take them to Egypt. Flee to Egypt. Then when it's time to come back, I'll tell you when to come back. Tells them to come back. Right? But then says, this is Herod's son. Herod's son's not really, you know, the, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, right? Mm-hmm. And so to protect the family, you don't want to go there. Right. And then they go to, to the, the region of Galilee where the town of Nazareth is. And the rest is history, as they say. Jesus of Nazareth. Right. And so you start to realize that all these dreams uh, for Joseph are relating to the family mm-hmm. and how important the family is. And you think about, I, I wish there were more people that were listening to their dreams. And I, I, maybe the Lord is speaking to us uh, in dreams now about uh, protecting our families, about standing up for families, about supporting and uh, loving um, our families and ensuring that there's a father and that there's a mother uh, for every child, uh, it's one of the things that Pope Francis said, you know, not too long ago. I think four or five years ago, uh, had mentioned uh, uh, even before he was pope, talking about the importance of having um, every child has the right to have a father and a mother, mm-hmm. and that, that's powerful stuff. As I'm listening to you, one thing that comes to mind is, in addition to the emphasis on Joseph as father, Mary as mother, and the extreme humility she showed. I mean. Let's put ourselves in her position for a moment. An angel came and told her that she was going to conceive of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And she Mm -hmm. did. And all of a sudden, she's pregnant without ever having relations with a man. She's pregnant and with prayer, basically, right? She's legitimately, though, pregnant with flesh and blood, God in her womb. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of folks, if they experience some kind of a miracle like that, and they were told that that, that the... Uh, the, that which was in your womb was going to be the savior of all mankind. That, that might, you know, make you a little bit, uh, I don't know, might boost the ego a little bit, right? Might say, hey, are you telling me what to do? What do you mean we're going to go to Egypt now, right. for example, right? That didn't happen at all. Mary, even though she had a direct experience with God speaking to her through an angel and had the most profound miracle in the history of the world, she still trusted that God could also work through her husband, Joseph. Yeah. And and didn't say it was all about her. And I would actually I would actually go further and say that because she had that experience, mm, and who knows? It, it, even so, so it's like 
Joseph's like, you're not going to believe this. She's like, yeah. I yeah, I would. <laughs> yeah, yeah I believe it. You saw an angel in a dream. I saw one in person. Yeah, exactly. Joseph. I wasn't so scared, you know. Whatever. <laughs> well, and I just, uh, again, I, I just think we, 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 we have to look and we think about our own lives, right? And, and does God come to us in dreams? I would imagine that maybe he does. But I also think he comes to us, I think he comes to us when we are most vulnerable, like when we when we allow ourselves to be present fully to him without putting up walls and obstacles. Yeah. And so whether that's sleep, uh, I'm not going to say that, you know, I'm going to get a good night's sleep tonight because I think God's going to come to me in a dream and he's going to tell me what to do and he's going to solve all my problems and tell me the lottery numbers. I just, I don't, if we go to bed thinking that, that's one thing. But if we go to bed thinking, Lord, I don't know how you're going to come to me. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, but I just, I know that you are supposed to tell me. And so I open myself, I give myself over to you. I, I present myself, all my blemishes, all my warts, all the stains. I, I am me. You know me and you love me, right? You died for me. And so here I am, me, I'm offering myself to you. If you do that, I think God's going to talk to you. Now, I don't know if it's going to be in a dream or not. Right. But I think that giving yourself over, exactly the same way that Mary did, and I'm I'm certain maybe... You know, maybe the angel of the Lord knew that, or God knew that if Joseph was awake, he might think it's like, what are you, a bandit? Well, who are you? You know, um, I don't think that's the way the angels present themselves, you know, it's confusing. But I guess I'm just, um, I'm just thinking that maybe he knew that Joseph needed to be, he needed rest. He needed to open himself and just clear his, his heart and his mind and just be there and be vulnerable. And that's when he was receptive. And I think how many times in my life, when I've fought sleep only because of the obstacles that I've created or that I'm part of, you know, my messed up world and all the things going on and um, all the anxieties. And if I just give myself over how, when I become vulnerable, it just seems like the answers come. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And, and so I, I think the thing is we just, we need to sleep more. <laughs> I mean, think about that, Tom. I mean, come on, we're we're of a certain age. I'm, I'm good for that. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say we're of a certain age where if you if you I'm take this home to Cindy and let her uh, listen if you, to it. If you put some like uh, like if you turned a fan on the room, it's like I'll knock you out. And you turn you dim the lights and you put me on a couch. Perfect, perfect. right? Yeah, I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, heck yeah, yeah. And I, it seems seems like we're always tired, but someone would give ourselves over. It's like. That's that's God going to talk to us. Amen. Maybe it's a walking dream. I don't know. Oh, so we talked about Joseph's dream, and I hope God comes to you in a dream or in real life, and you're ready and open for him. Amen. And let's have Mary pray for us on our behalf. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.